0: Hello, and welcome to Unsheathed with your hosts,
1: Kyle Gold and Cam Hirosaki. We hope that you enjoy the program. Please stick around afterwards. There'll be cake and blowjobs.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unsheet number...
3: 69! That's...
2: Good. Be excellent to each other. Yes. We are live here at further confusion in the swanky fairmont hotel in san jose you all right there kit all right it's a luxury hotel it is a luxury hotel and we are a luxury convention yes not I sure ha- what that means i have my luxury grape beverage <laughs> <laughs> and i have my luxury beverage which i'll describe a little later on in the podcast all right but uh for those of you who do not know i'm kyle gold Hi, my name came hirasaki and uh we are joined by our very special guest, Dick Power. <laughs> um, what? We had, we had intended to also have Paul Kidd, the writing guest yeah. of honor, due to unforeseen tragic circumstances. He was not able to attend the convention. And so we are uh, sad that he won't make it here, but we're confident that we'll still be able to entertain y'all for like an um, hour, hour and a half, three hours, however long. You'll stay before you get bored. Um, our esteemed guest, Mr. Power, is not a furry, but in honor of this convention, we have procured him a persona and a badge, which I'm presenting to you right now.
4: Oh my God, that's awesome! Oh,
2: he is oh. a coyote. I'm,
0: I'm a coyote.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, You're right. I think he is a coyote. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a good one. And now you know how you get a species. Yes. <laughs> we hand it to you. One has been chosen for you. <laughs> some people choose their species, others have it thrust upon them, right? Over and over in some cases. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> that was what, Kit, like a minute and a half? <laughs> Two minutes, <laughs> minutes till we went there? Okay. Uh, we have been having a fabulous convention so far. Uh, this is personally my fifth panel of, I think, 10 maybe, um, and we I've spent most of Friday morning signing copies of my book, which was awesome. Everybody, thank you, those who bought it, and um, I just really appreciate it. It's so fun to sit there and meet everybody in person and um, get the chance to watch the books flying off the shelves. Uh, the panels have all been great. The writing panels that we've done so far have been really well attended, i have been Super surprised about that. Everybody seems really excited to learn about writing, which is amazing.
4: Yeah, you uh, you keep filling up rooms there. I know. Thing? Damn, full house. Especially, full like, we have what like six hundred people here right now. I
2: think at least, yeah. <laughs> I think most of further confusion is here. <laughs> well, Those who <laughs> aren't at the dance, the cool part. Yes.
0: The ones who are still awake.
2: <laughs> I
4: was going to say, uh, we appreciate the fact that you're here listening to us and not out party on a Saturday night at a
2: free convention. Right, or at a dance or any of the other multiple fun things you might be doing. Yeah, this is my party. Um, and we especially appreciate the uh, member of our audience who for such a long time has been promising to bring us gifts from the land down under. We also appreciate that none of those gifts was Vegemite. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I've been given Australian Coke Zero, which is made with the exotic ingredients Flavor, with a U, and Color, with a U, and which does not have zero calories, I am surprised to learn. What? However, they do not call it Coke (laughs) 1.8. Wait, don't don't they use jewels in Australia? (laughs) They do, actually. It is in... um, well, it's 8.4 kilojoules, but it's 1.8 calories. They also right. have calories on there. Which is really a kilocalorie. Right. But that confuses us poor Americans. Um, and Does anybody
0: know what they're talking about?
2: <laughs> 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 Raise your hand if you're metric. And Oh, wow. wow. And we also have wine, which I will let somebody who knows about wine talk about.
4: Yeah, so un- unlike... Uh, Poor Paul Kidd, something that did make it over from Australia in time for the con. Oh. <laughs> no, I was. That was so much to evoke sympathy, not ridicule. You're interpreting <laughs> in my jokes wrong. Uh, <laughs> 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 so, uh, big thanks to, to, to Temba Cougar from Sydney for getting this over into the hands of TJ Full from the faraway, mystical, land of uh, Cincinnati uh, to me here. This is a. What is the actual name of it again? I was just looking at it. Yes, Milvick Estate 2009 Shiraz. It is delicious, by the way. I'm, I'm this will amused. not survive the podcast. When I'm, amu- None I'm of am- you all will get to try it, because I'm drinking it all.
2: I'm amused that the motto underneath the logo of this particular wine is In Moderazione Venum." No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I guess most people don't speak
4: Latin. If I ever put out, like, a bottle of wine, like, my motto would just be Excelsior with an (laughs) exclamation (laughs) point at the end. Um,
2: by the way, I owe you this for the species thrust upon them comment. Oh. It's our... It says, I see what you did there. Yes.
3: (laughs) And And he does. And
4: it's a fox, and he sees what I did there. Yes.
2: There. (laughs) That's the, (laughs) (laughs) speaking of having furriness thrust upon you. Um, Anyway, I will let uh, Dick Power make his own introduction if he likes. Um, We've referred to him in the past as a screenwriting teacher, a professional screenwriter. Uh, Basically, he's someone who knows a hell of a lot about movies, screenplays, writing. Uh, He has taught both of us, all three of us actually, in Classes in the area here, and um, we're really, really excited that he's chosen to come and share some of his expertise with all of you as well. So, you want to talk a little bit about what you know about writing and how you learned it, or?
0: Oh, okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, go for um, uh, it. <laughs> first of all, I have to say this: I have no idea what I'm doing here, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I have no idea what the subject of this podcast is. Um, You'll you'll, you'll pick it it up. What's that? You'll pick it up. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. We don't either. And I think that might be the one of the characteristics of a this is a fox coyote a coyote a coyote <laughs> so I was asking because my because my frame of reference is movies and screenwriting and story and so I, I'm this is my at uh, dinner at uh, uh, Ryan where's Ryan Ryan There's Ryan. <laughs> Ryan asked me I'm sorry is that the, did I give it away is that uh, the wrong name
4: you, you just don't just specify who he is and we're okay. good keep okay, going good.
0: so he, he asked me what exposure I'd had to the furries and I said you've You've witnessed it all. (laughs) (laughs) It started at dinner tonight, and this is a... And so so then I started asking, you know, what do these mean? How do you pick what animal you are, and what does that mean? Because if you're going to assign an animal to a character in a movie, that's got to mean something, and it means something about what their characteristics are, and that's going to tell you something that you're going to have an expectation had better get paid off later on in the story. Because if it doesn't, you're going to feel disappointed. So... Um, so I'm still trying to make this up because uh, I haven't got a good answer to what is a coyote and what is, what is a fox and what is a uh, I don't know what else is there. What are you? Um, a ferret. Uh, uh, a ferret. A ferret. I thought you said a fairy. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like, oh, you, I'm totally hosed here. You, are, you, are, you,
4: are, you already know the crowd you're playing to, huh? Yeah, yes.
0: And I've played to this crowd more than once. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> it does? After 58, really? <laughs> I heard that 58's the new 57, but I think I'm the only one here that would know that. So, um. Well, the only back- one
2: who confessed to it anyway. Yeah.
0: Uh, oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, my background is I did uh, 22 years in show business, making a living in show business, 16 of them in Hollywood. Um, I, uh, was, um, I started out as an actor and I ended up in producers and offices and studio offices and I worked with screenwriters and I. I fixed movie scripts, is what I did for the most part, and um, and then a few years ago I discovered that um, I needed to teach screenwriting in order to make a living. So, um, okay, wait, we're gonna watch. We're watching the wine being poured. Sorry, give <laughs> me some of you, more wine. For those of you who can't see, we're watching the wine being poured. Okay, we're watching it being smelled. Okay, this nosed. Is a, this what is, is, is a different Syrah. This is a different Syrah.
4: Yes.
2: Wow, you were—it right has, has, has a bunny rabbit on the label. You were—you were right about the amount of wine you were going to get during this podcast. I was. Now, yes. Well, now we I'm have to car. hear the verdict.
0: What is? What is it? What's the? What is the label? It is
4: was it Rabbit Ridge. Is that what it is? Yes, Rabbit Ridge. It's Paso Robles, which is south of here for y'all who don't know where that is at. Um,
0: and it's what? It's a syrah.
4: Syrah.
0: Yes. It's a, rabbit Ridge syrah, and what is the? Tell us about it. What's the nose?
4: Well, it is... Let's see. Well,
0: first, let's to hear It about is that.
4: very fruit-forward. We have to hear about the, the legs. Tell us about the legs. It's okay, so, so it's very fruit-forward on the nose. There we
0: mm. go. Uh, okay. And the legs are... Mm. Are the legs furry by any chance? No.
4: Um, I'm uh, getting a lot of Blackberry on this. Okay.
2: I'm, I'm giving <laughs> you a note from Kit is it here. Is the Blackberry
0: finish, or... Uh, no.
4: It's not oaky, is it? Tell you. what, I'll leave you in suspense in okay. note of this being a writing podcast. Okay. <laughs>
0: All right. Here you. That's the report on the wine. Thank you very much. Um, so...
2: Um, many years in Hollywood fixing uh, scripts. Many years in
0: Hollywood fixing scripts. And, um, and then um, I ended up teaching, uh, teaching it. And... Um,
2: That's how he met us. That's
0: how I met these guys. But what these guys don't know is how much I didn't know when I started teaching. (laughs) 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 And how much of it I was making up as I was going along, which is not really true. I stole it
2: mostly from somebody else. Actually, as I recall, you said in the first class, I don't really know what I'm talking about, so I'm just going to make this up as I go along.
0: Right. And um, that was just a sort of a sleight of hand
2: thing. (laughs) Mr. That was yeah, actually to invite the good.
0: assholes who thought they knew what they were talking about to challenge me so I could drive them out of the class. That
4: was absolutely <laughs> I, I believe you also promised that you would ruin movies for us forever.
0: And did I? Yes. yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's good to be a success. It feels good. If at any point you, you hear us bitching on the podcast about some minor point about a movie that ruined it for us, we were like, well, we kind of like that, but this twist, felt unbelievable and then i was unsatisfied at the end this is why (laughs) (laughs) but i also taught
0: you i think maybe if um if you were there for um See, now, here's the problem with when you get older. It's like, I, you know, I'd find myself in front of class going, you know, uh, that movie with that guy in it, <laughs> you know? Oh, that uh, one. And the chick. The guy and the chick? Yeah, that one. It's like, fuck, my mind is gone. <laughs> so uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, Richard Gere, their pilots. Uh, what is it? No. no. No, uh, officer and a gentleman. Hello? Officer and a gentleman. So, officer and gentleman is a really good example of once you've screwed up the st- whole the structure of the entire movie and given the uh, the the you know all the wrong characteristics to all the wrong characters, and then you're at the end and you don't know what to do next. It's like you yank out the American flag and you play <laughs> you play uh, patriotic music really loud and really fast, and then you know run the credits. So so. <laughs> So I think I taught
4: you that too. Yes. Yes. That's yes. very similar to the to the strong bad. It's over. <laughs> i
2: I believe we ended one podcast by whipping out the flag and running off to end credits that way because we didn't know what to do with it. No, oh. no, no,
4: that's only in oh. the podcast fan fiction. <laughs> Which, if it's out there, don't send it to me.
2: Well, I I don't know. Yours would be, like, white with the red circle. No, yeah. I I got
4: the Rising Sun paw print on my Hachimaki.
2: I understood, like, most of those words. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not sure that's something you should be discussing on an audio podcast. You need to have that on video somewhere. Okay, so...
4: My, my my big online avatar for a while has me wearing one of those like Japanese bandanas. They're called Hachimakis. And oh. like they used to have those like in, like, like the World War Two propaganda where you have like the rising sun in the middle and then it would say like things like victory or whatever on it and like mine just has like like you know, my name Hirosaki but instead of like the red circle it's a red paw print.
2: Because I like, cool I like, like my it. translation better when I don't know what a word means. I just—we're I just, just writers. We're supposed else. to teach people what word mean, words mean, but we're also supposed to make up things when we don't know what's going on, right? Right. Okay, but I already know.
4: <laughs> I can't I sit here in
2: willful ignorance
4: of you.
0: So I have to. I, I'm sorry. This is yeah, so scintillating You guys are. Uh, I know. I know. Keeping me awake. Um, so, <laughs> but I have to. Figure, what What are all these
2: people doing here? Who are they? Uh, you know, we, we, we have yet to figure that out. Um, <laughs> these guys, so we write, we write books. Some of them are here for the cupcakes. Okay. Uh, some of them are here because they've read the stories that we've written and are fans of them. Okay. And some of them are here to watch me drink wine and eventually stay stupider and stupider they. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, we got <laughs> yeah, two we, hands on that one. There we go. Ain't, no, uh, ain't
2: no shame in it, y'all. I think and many of them are here to learn a little bit about writing their own stories. Oh, okay. Um, that is at least why I hope some of them are here, so that they can ask us questions to talk about, because the only other thing that I had to talk about was to have the three of us discuss why movies are a good place to start when you're trying to learn about storytelling.
4: Oh, which has been a theme. that's come up a lot this con so far.
2: Yeah, and one of the things that, I think in one of the writing panels earlier, we Uh, Someone said that they felt bad for bringing up movies every time we were trying to make a point or make examples about stories, but movies are actually much more the currency of stories in this day and age. And I think I made the point that if I were trying to figure out a book example to use that I could be confident most of the people in the room had read, I think my list would be Harry Potter, and then I don't know where I'd go after that. But movies, we could rattle off 10 or 15 movies that I'm fairly sure everyone in the room has seen. So it's much easier to find examples from them.
4: Translation: Yes, K.M. Hirosaki, You can keep using Star Wars as an example for things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but only the movies and not the books.
4: Ah, uh, you made Timothy Zahn sad. Are the role playing? Did somebody say? Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, it, that's it a happens. Whole, That's a whole. That's a whole other. Uh, no, there's other podcasts that talk
2: about that. Yes. Um, so, one of the things that that we talk about a lot is that movies are a good place to start when trying to learn about storytelling because they're necessarily stripped down, compressed, and efficient when they're done well, Um, as opposed to when you have a novel, you have a lot more time to play, nobody's telling you it has to be 120 pages, or, you know, if you're Aaron Sorkin, 160, but, (laughs) um... That's how long the social network script screenplay was, apparently. Um, but with a screenplay, you have to get the storytelling down to the bare elements, and you have to make sure that the readers engage the whole way. Um, I don't know, what would you...
0: Uh, okay, so, um, so uh, if you're the author of a story... And uh, then, so author is, uh, the, that's the same, uh, it's the root word of authority, that means you're authority. And what the, so what that means to me is you, the author and the reader or the watcher have a, um, have a, a compact, a, a pact a, 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 a between you. And the agreement is that you as the author will tell a story and you're not going to let the reader down. The reader says, okay, I'll believe you you know and I'll i 'll give you a certain amount of time to prove your case and if that you won 't let me down so as the author as the authority is this story, what that means is that you have control of all of the facts and uh, of the world that you 're going to introduce your your reader to and all of everything that 's happening in there. But what it really means underneath is <clears throat> that you 're going to um, manage and direct the emotions of the reader or the watcher to a conclusion that you've chosen for them it's all about the emotional experience for uh, in the movies and anytime you look in the newspaper or online wherever you look to decide what movie you're going to watch what you're deciding is how you want to feel at the end of that movie And at least that's what I do. And that's how I that's This is what I ran through. This was the theme that ran through my whole career in Hollywood was how is it going to make people feel? And then you break that down into each piece of the story. And how does that make people feel? So so it's an emotional journey that you're offering to somebody. And I don't see any difference between that and, and a written story.
4: Yeah, you don't, you don't sit down to watch Schindler's List because you want to feel happy. Exactly. But, I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, it's not enjoyable <laughs> you, to you watch. Can, level. You oh. can,
2: but you will be unsuccessful. And, or, or
4: you're a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So, but that's what you're offering also when you're writing any kind of a story. If you want somebody to turn the page, if you want somebody to turn the page or keep watching your movie, you have to make them ask questions. And the questions you want them asking are, what's happening? That keeps people engaged. What's ha- what does this mean? What are they doing? I hate when I'm watching a movie. I can't tell what a guy's doing, but I can't stop watching. Um, so, right? It's like, what does it yes. mean? And if you let me down so that you never explain what's happening, then, you know, then I'm the guy walking out going, I could have written something better than that, you know, and then you're going to walk into my class, and I'm going to prove to you that you can't write something better than that. But um,
2: um, <laughs> And if you demand... If you demand enough times, you will tell them outright. (laughs) (laughs) I will set up dreams for you to have, and then I will crush them. (laughs) Wait, you're writing Inception?
4: Oh.
2: Oh. Oh, Hold hold on. Uh. (laughs) I, I got my, I see what you did there back.
0: Okay, but I want you guys to see what's happening here. What's happening here is a status. Uh, this little status uh. battle, right? <laughs> you see what they're doing. They're going. All oh, right, I remember yeah. that day in class. Yeah. So uh, that's what dialogue is all about. Dialogue is all about this jockeying position for status, and it's either it's either you know one character trying to uh, raise his own status or lower the other person's status or even raise the other person's status and raise their own status that way. So what what just happened here was the sole status. Uh, Thing where, um, uh, who won?
4: (laughs) Yeah, the drunk. I'm on top now. (laughs) (laughs) Now my status is even higher.
0: (laughs) So, but the price he's paying to get his status higher is that he's getting stupider and stupider. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a perfect, this is like the perfect thing you want to have happen in a movie, right? Because how long can he maintain that status as t- Kyle? <laughs> Kyle, <laughs> <It's> Kyle. <laughs>
4: just waits him out, Yeah, right? Yeah, this, this story always ends the same way. I always <laughs> <laughs>
0: See, the, it so always, I don't know this story, see. I it always comes back
4: to you. Hey, remember Unsheath presents number four? Like, uh, I wasn't going to bring that one up.
2: Just glad it's indelibly printed on your memory. <laughs> and for um, the memories
4: of all our listeners. Yes. Forever may it be so. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> so that's the first question
0: you want. What the hell is they doing? What's the happening? Best. So then the next question is. What's the next question? What makes you turn the page? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? So, you know, when, what the amateur writers do, and not even the amateurs, but the professionals do in their first draft, is they tell you the whole story <laughs> right up front, you know, and like the, the log line is all this backstory, and it's all, you know, it's the whole story. And what, what you end up having to do, uh, and it's really painful sometimes, and sometimes especially with professional screenwriters, who maybe have written a couple of hundred million dollar movies, <laughs> you know, and have been really successful is how do you tell them that you know what they're telling you in the first act belongs in the third act and and that the journey is for the main character to what we want to do is see the main character actually learn that so mm-hmm. that so that instead of putting it in the front you have to put it in the end and you have to make that make your main character sweat it out
2: it's um kind of like if in to Go back to KM's favorite movie. If in uh, Star Wars, um, when Luke and Obi-Wan are deciding to get off planet, Luke says, you know, I think the whole Galactic Empire struggle is much more important than my silly dreams, so let's forget this smuggler and let's go sign up with the Rebellion right away and I'm going to become a pilot and attack the Death Star.
4: Right, and they would have killed Princess Leia. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead.
5: So actually, on, no, I, no, gave uh, the, no. I gave you
4: the so with Star Wars I, I was Wars actually there. going to say that uh, you know the way he just described, you know, how do you tell somebody you know who's you know written a few you know hundred million dollar movies? Uh, you know, I hear a lot of people, and we've mentioned this on the show before. I'm sure uh, a lot of people sort of like disavatar avatar for having this like oh the story is really straightforward and predictable but the way that the act structure of that movie plays out is actually really well done it's very well handled i mean it, it doesn't miss the beats it you know it puts everything where it needs to be and you know i think very few people are lost when it comes to that story even though it is in this like fantastical setting where it teaches you all these new rules right from you know the very first minute of the movie
2: it's um I think what, what we ended up saying coming out of Avatar, which we probably said on the podcast, was that it's not a complex story, but it's told very effectively.
0: Yeah. So does anybody know what other story, what other big movie had that same plot? Which what well, I can i I I cannot hear you. What did you say? Don't make fun of the deaf people. Which one? Dances with wolves. Dances with wolves. It was exa- what did you say? Pocahontas dances? Pocahontas. Pocahontas. That. But it's exactly Dances with Wolves, right? It's exactly that. So when you're Jim Cameron and what you really care about is, you know, this big technology and taking six trips down to the Titanic and, you know, it's like one of the reasons I went into the movie business and most people go into the movie business is so that you can do stuff that you don't get to do when you're just a regular schmo. You know, so so Jim Cameron gets to go to the down to the Titanic six times, and then he puts out this crappy... does anybody like that movie Titanic? Did anybody see it? <laughs> <laughs> which is which is probably a good indication that it is the lowest common denominator, right? Right. But it's also a good indication that it hits all the emotional beats that everybody wants.
3: Somebody. It yeah.
0: did something for a lot of people, but it was all the but but I, you know my wife who's not a you know literature person not a she's a scientist for God's sakes you know and we're watching that movie and right in the middle of it she says. Is this like an acting class scene or what? <laughs> you know? Because the acting was so horrible. You know? And Stanley Kubrick, also, if you look at his later movies, the acting was like the last thing on his mind. He, just, he didn't care who was in the movie, he didn't care what they were doing, he cared about, well, the technology of the lenses and the lighting and all of this stuff. So, uh, so I actually give Jim Cramer a, a lot of credit in Avatar for picking a story that everybody knew already worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right and everybody complained about it but also everybody went didn't yeah. they yeah yeah more than <laughs> once and, in most cases and I, and I will
2: say about titanic that the first time i saw it i was very caught up in the effects i was caught up in the story i i enjoyed the movie the first time i saw it a second time and i thought did they change the dialogue because this dialogue is terrible <laughs> and i could not believe that when i when i was going back and paying attention to what they were actually saying that it was the same movie, and yeah. it, it, you get caught up in the the epic sweep of the story. And uh, if you're, uh, and it's
0: all building up to that moment when that ship goes down, which was,
2: yeah, was and, <laughs> there were, and there were beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> really? And we had. <laughs> Nice little status, uh, status exchange there, yes. too. Was it? I think so. Yeah. Um, ah, I think you did. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But it, yeah. I don't know what that means.
0: That means you're sucking up to okay. me.
4: Yeah, yeah. Like, when, you're, when you're talking there about like, going back to rewatch Titanic, and yeah, I'm reminded of... Uh, the last time I rewatched uh, Big Trouble in Little China, and I'm like, I'm like, I wish I hadn't done that. This movie was better in my memory. Yeah, and
2: I, I, I can't do that with Disney's Robin Hood, sadly. Oh, yeah, don't. Just look at the cover. I, just, I put it on mute, and then... Yeah,
4: it's like, it's, oh, look, he's hopping around. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but Priorities, it's, people. It's kind of interesting you bring that up about going into movies, because on a smaller scale, I think that's why all these people here... Come to conventions like this is to get a chance to step outside the normal world mm-hmm. for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have a fox back there with uh, is it steampunk goggles? I can't see real well. Uh, and we had what am a, I again? We had your coyote. Thank you. We had. <laughs> But see, that's the personality of the coyote—to sort of always kind of play dumb while plotting something <laughs> behind people's backs, and then laugh at their misfortune. <laughs> and when then, it's then laugh at, yes, we had a, a blue and black see, you, he's striped it. cat person. Yeah. Um, but that's that's kind of why, on a smaller scale, everybody comes here to, and why people read books to escape and be able to experience that outside world. And why people write books is a chance to create worlds for other people to live in like that.
0: So how many people here are like writing a novel as you're living? Like the novel of your life? Yeah. You're, you're the only one. There's only two people who would admit it. But yeah, there they are. How, how many right? people
2: are writing a novel they wish they were living?
0: Right. <laughs> so we're telling stories like all day long. And if you go to like, you know. Uh, any high school in america here's a story you'll hear it was like you know and then it's like i don't like it was like i hate it man (laughs) you know and then the other one goes oh dude you know this is a story i mean this is i mean this is not really good storytelling but people are telling stories all day long and you know commercial people are the ones who've learned how to capture a story in like three images two two Im- one image one image just a little child running up to grandpa you know y- you know, you know as well as i do grandpa smells bad you know <laughs> you know and he does bad things to the little child but no. but <laughs> you know No, actually, you missed a generation. I am a grandpa. Yeah. <laughs>
3: which,
0: which is okay. And just because you buried the memory doesn't mean your grandpa didn't do it. Now, tell me. <laughs> so. Thank you.
3: Thank you. <laughs>
0: So now, I, now, I want, now you understand why I explained to you about status, because I want status, and I just got some. <laughs> and it doesn't do a lot of good to get some if you don't
2: know it. So there we go. There you go. There we go. This is the uh, best episode ever. <laughs> you say that every time.
0: Sorry. I, I'm sorry. My wife is asking me in, in text what, where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh so I've sent her some pictures of all of you. And, um, <laughs> and she wants me to come home right now.
2: <laughs> That's Kit's advice. Oh really? Yes. <laughs> About what? Everything? Everything? Everything. Okay, okay. Deny it. Advice okay. away while you can Lie. He tells me to lie. I'm passing the wine down again. Um so Cam, what is this other thing in front of you here, by the way, while we're taking a break to refresh oh, yeah. you?
4: So uh TJ also brought me this uh, little wine bottle holder. He says it's a kitschy tourist thing, but it's actually kind of cool. Um, it's got a you know kangaroo on it because it's all bouncy, 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 bouncy.
2: And, That's uh, to put in it.
4: Yes, yeah, so I'll show you how this works uh, with my Wolombi. Uh, <laughs> it it holds the charade, wine bottle. It says exactly how it ki- which, uh, oh, no, It does have my That's name it. on it. Yeah, put the bottle in. So it does. yeah. I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> like so.
0: Ah. <laughs> Does this remind you of Grandpa? <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> I just think like Martha Stewart would be so proud of this. That, 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 I believe, is how the Aborigines used to hold their wine bottles. Yeah, which
4: they got, you know. <laughs> yes. Right, exactly. Shiraz wasn't really in
2: vogue back then. They were more into Merlot. <laughs> I'm going
4: to take a picture.
2: Okay. Um, so Excellent. I want to ask if um, if any of the people out there have questions about writing or about movies and if you have any answers about,
0: for god's sakes please
2: or about uh, answers if any, any of you have end. perspective yeah. to tell dick here what everything what all this weird furry stuff is about um why don't you sort of there's a microphone right up here that in was the, the center first one. Oh. so if you
4: stand up. oh right it's a podcast. stand, stand, stand yeah we have to we Grow have to be able line. to hear you all so. yes hello mr power my name is buck turner I actually edit stories. <laughs> Which is also a
2: great uh, a great name that goes with Dick Power, I think. Why, thank you.
4: Thank you. Um, it was not an accident. Um, I actually edit stories to publish for the people in this crowd. And so um, I would love to hear, as somebody who has presumably in classes read a lot of screenplays and given a lot of feedback, how you would encourage people um, to improve but not damage the ego at the same time
0: best of luck with this elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i was supposed to lie (laughs) (laughs) so um, you mean that isn't so so you know i got some i i I did i read tens of thousands of screenplays and um i responded to most of them and and uh so the letter here's how the letter goes uh dear buck Thank you for submitting um, uh, my life as a snowflake. <laughs> no no. Um, I particularly like the part where you and your mother went to Disneyland. Um, unfortunately, th- this story doesn't fit into our slate. Best of luck with this elsewhere. And then I would sign it and I'd send it off. So some poor schmuck sent me a script with 32 of these rejection letters and he said look everybody in Hollywood loves my script
4: (laughs) that's so sad
2: that was me (laughs) (laughs) Ah, I knew that I'm crushed now I
0: I knew that That's right, it was Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) So um, uh, how do you do it? You tell them what you liked about it. You always tell a writer what you liked about it. Writers, I don't care. Every writer I ever met said, Yeah, just give it to me. Just tell me. Yeah, I can take it. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> the last thing you can do is take criticism. And there's a, there's a great article online somewhere that says, No, I can't read your fucking screenplay. Does everybody know that article? Oh, I've read That's that. Oh, yeah. I
4: think I've read oh, yeah, yeah. portions of it. That's my Lots life. What it
0: says is, If I read your screenplay for free, You're going to argue with me when I tell you what I think. And then... You know, I'm already in the hole because I've read it for free. Now I'm arguing with you? You know, (laughs) shut the fuck up. (laughs) You know, or don't ask me. Or just don't ask, because, because every writer's going to want to defend. As soon as you tell them what's wrong with their script, they're going to want to defend it, they're going to want to explain it. And then I have to go back and say, look, all I can tell you is, you didn't make me feel what I needed to feel at that point so that I could get to the next point and feel what I needed to feel and feel what I needed to feel. And um, uh, so most writers aren't going to believe you is the first thing. You probably need to know. They're not going to believe you. And... Um, Uh, but you need to calm but you need to you know okay (laughs) so we had a um, we had a script that was uh, about um, the Coast Guard against the drug dealers this was a really sort of unique sort of story (laughs) (laughs) in Florida yeah it was like you know drug dealers and cops right okay so uh, the guy who this was one of the hundred million dollar movie guys who'd written a couple of uh, really success- successful pictures Which I won't tell you what they were But he also had the best pot I had ever smoked Okay <laughs> So <Sorry. laughs> So I loved when he came to town, but uh, the way he sold the script because we had another guy write it, and then uh, uh, this guy came in. God, let me give him a name: uh, Christopher, Christopher Savage. That was the other name I was going to use tonight, but I, I used Dick Power instead. Okay, so, um, so Christopher, uh, he, the way this other guy wrote the script, the way he sold it was he he said he he he. He, I heard you say earlier in the panel right before this about how you're creating visuals for your readers. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what he – of course, in the movies, that's exactly what you're doing. But So this is how he sold it. He said, uh, we're, in a, we're in a big hotel. There's all these rich people. There, there's all these beautiful women. There's senators. There's congressmen. There's people, powerful, rich people swirling around this one guy. And they're all swirling around this one guy. And someone comes up and whispers something in his ear. He excuses himself. And he walks out, and he gets in the back of a lim- Limo. the limo takes off and it drives out into this really dark place it's totally dark it's just this field this dark field and it and it's night and it stops and the door opens and he gets out and as soon as it stops two rows of blue lights go pop, 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 pop. And just uh, light up. And, and he gets out of it. And, and as soon as they light up, you see this little light up in the sky. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's a plane. And it lands right here. And it stops right here in front of his nose. And they went, that's great. You, okay, you're hired. You're hired. And he turned the script in. And that scene wasn't in the script. <laughs> and um, that was supposed to be the opening of this movie. The, the opening of the movie was... Uh, a guy who was in a crack house in New York and he um, didn't have any more money and they kicked him out so he finds an old man walking his dog on the street and he pulls a gun and he says give me your money and the dog barks and he shoots the dog and then the man you know complains and he shoots the man and takes his watch and his wallet and runs off so my <laughs> comment was because I didn't really know how to do this yet my comment was this is why my producer didn't let me talk to the writers yet uh, my <laughs> (laughs) comment was i think i saw this last night on kojak (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) and um the studio said we love this scene we just want we want you to take out the part where he shoots the dog so uh he rewrote the scene and um he he took that part out then they said um we love this scene (laughs) we just want you to take out the part where he shoots the man (laughs) and they just kept walking him back until he said i fucking hate this scene i'm so sick of this scene and he threw it out
2: which was what they wanted to begin with (laughs) which is what they wanted to begin
0: with but that's how you handle not only he he has a writer's ego Right Like all the writers in this room, even though you say you don't, even though he says he didn't, he had a writer's ego, I never said that plus a hundred million dollars, right? <laughs> so I don't know if that helps. does that help?
4: It does it, okay. it, it, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very helpful
2: um i would I would say too uh I would ask from a writer's perspective, how do you take a rejection letter like that? And apply it to improve your work. How do you do that? Um, I send because it because I gave you criticism in class. How did you apply that? Well, to your you mind? didn't say "best of luck with this" elsewhere. No, I didn't. <laughs> Go take another class. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, he, I. I think what I try to do when I'm editing and giving feedback to people that I want to continue a relationship with like a hundred million dollar screenplay writer who i've never worked with um although uh no (laughs) um but you i think the important the important takeaway is is the first thing you said which is tell them something that you liked about what they wrote and be sure that there is something that you liked about what they wrote because if there's nothing that you liked about it then why are you even doing anything with them right um and again focusing on this is how i felt from this story and i don't think that's what you were going for can you be more clear about what you wanted to accomplish or at least you know tell me if this is right if because i've had i've written back to yeah. authors and said i don't think this is what you were going for because this was my takeaway from this story and i think you were kind of going for something more like this, and it didn't quite work. And he was like, "No, no, I wasn't going for either one of those things. I was going for this other different thing over here, and it was supposed to be this totally different thing." Uh, and I was like, "Okay, you're not doing that either." Um, but then you try to pinpoint why, and if you've, and if you as the editor have a lot of experience in why certain things work and why certain things don't, then you can give them kind of a nudge in the right direction and say. Um, I you know I felt like I don't understand what this homeless crack addict has to do with the coast guard uh I think that needs to be more clear early on because the coast guard comes out of nowhere later or so the,
0: okay, um, um, thank you for talking for a while so I could think. Uh, uh, <laughs> what what Because, here for? because here's, here's where I usually go and is, um, is just ask the simple question, what is this story about? It, you know, the hardest thing for a writer to do usually at the beginning when you've just written your first draft or you're just about to write your first draft is to tell you what it's about. Tell me what it's about in one line. And that's what I do mm. in my class. That's the first thing I have people do is, and it usually takes about three weeks to get a story down into one or two lines because it's really hard. By the way, did I mention writing is really hard? Right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not easy. And we can talk talking about it's really easy and it's really fun. And uh, bagging on writers is really easy, you know, and, and also really fun. And also really fun. Yeah. Thank you. That was the way I was setting you up. Yeah. Where were you? Come oh, on. He beat Are me to the punch. Me? God, see what happens. It's the wine. He's
4: the quick red fox. <laughs> I'm um, the lazy brown Which explains
2: otter. where the. Animal characters come in. Oh, the fox is quick and, and the otter is more. What is more, he again? He's an otter. Oh, shit. so the he otters lied are more to me. about. You didn't tell me, you were an otter? Uh, you didn't. Know You're that. a
0: Japanese otter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Are there Japanese otters? Yes. Did he make that up? No.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do they play poker?
4: No, they play like uh, shoot. What's the name of that game? Go. Go? Go? No, no, no. They, there's like a Japanese card uh. game. I'm not not back, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a James Bond fan. There you go.
2: Japanese Japanese otter's from Monte Carlo, maybe.
4: But um. no, no, I'm a classy otter. I play in Macau.
2: <laughs> of course, you do. Yeah.
4: So when you, but when you when you go to
0: what is this story about and trying to crystallize that into a certain, you know, a lot of times, I don't know about you guys, but when I'm writing, I have to write. Uh, I might have to write a lot. Of crap, before I get it out, get that crap out of the way, so I can get to the part that I actually started the, the story. I started to tell. So, yep, does that make sense? I think so. How are we doing? Is everybody? Is it, am I? You're next. What would you like? To do? <laughs> wow, he wrote it down. Fuck.
2: I
4: know. <laughs>
2: he's he's more so prepared dumb. than we are here. Oh man,
4: it's one of these people. I'm
2: outlining. <laughs> <laughs> he's also the one that brought the uh, beverages, so okay, we owe him something.
4: Okay.
6: Uh, anyway, um, okay. Thank you for coming. <laughs> <You're very laughs> I'm welcome. sorry. Uh,
0: good luck with that elsewhere. <laughs> I just, I, you know, I really, I hate to do that to you. I, I really apologize, but I'm just a dick. You, you can call me Dick.
6: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I uh, I generally uh, write uh, novels and, and like uh, like narrative literature, uh, more of that kind of writing. But I was recently uh, a- approached by an artist. Um, and we talked about perhaps maybe me being the writer end of um, on working on a graphic novel and, um, and I sat down to think about it essentially what the writer hands an artist uh, you know in the process of creating a graphic novel is is very much a screenplay, uh, when, in, when you boil it down. So I was wondering, since you are here, I would, uh, decided to, um, go ahead and ask you, like, have you ever been involved in like, uh, taking, um, a script, like once, once you're happy with, um, a script that you've created and then like going, moving towards a storyboarding process or, you know, you know, working with, uh, another group of people that have their own creative aims. Um, and like, you know, <laughs> very true. And, uh, and, you know, like creating, something visual out of something that you wrote down on paper so movies are like um, probably the most collaborative art form
0: and everybody so you were saying you know uh somebody sends you something they've written and you read it and you see something in it and you say what were you trying to get to and they say something completely different well that's what the movies are all about everybody who reads a screenplay reads a different movie and and the hardest part is to get it to the next level, which is for every to, everyone to agree that it gets to uh, storyboarding, scheduling, uh, committing it to film. Most people in Hollywood aren't there to actually expose film. I found out. I, I don't know what I, you know. I used to think I knew what most of them were doing there, but um, um, uh, yes, I have been involved in um, sort of every phase of that um and what what are you what are they asking you to do
6: you you, are you are you uh, do they want you to structure this story or Uh, essentially i have a framework on what the subject matter very loosely might be yeah um i won't say what it is no that's uh, okay (laughs) um no because
0: you know the rules are always the same but we're all you know everybody here is educated by the same tv that i was educated by about what a story is and what to expect in a story so essentially
6: i'm i'm handed the basic subject matter and I so basic
0: told, is a character
6: i was told like uh, essentially a set up like two characters that will interact something like this um uh, like it, it might uh, the story might be about like two brothers I'll, I'll give a random example um like and basically using that framework he said create any story that you like
0: so uh, here 's what you need you need a main you have to f- figure out who 's the main character make it the most fascinating character if it 's not fascinating to you then i 'm not going to give a shit you know and you have to give me a reason to care about this character and One of the reasons I care about this character is because he wants something so you got to give him a, a desire and once he has a desire yes what 's next?
2: Uh, He has to have an obstacle or an opponent.
0: An opponent, yes. He has to have somebody else who wants him to not have that or wants the same thing. And once once the opponent pops into view, then your main character needs a plan to get around the opponent and get what he wants. But if the plan works, you don't have a movie. (laughs) In fact, all the stories you told all day today were about your plan and how it didn't work. You know, like, I wanted to get this job and that bitch... You know, that's the whole story, right? <laughs> amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> so um, I, what I've just walked you through, if you know who John Truby is, it's his seven steps. and but, but what's most important, probably, in terms of a story that makes people care, is that your main character needs to learn something, and he doesn't know that at the beginning, and he learns it at the end. And all the way through, you're hoping that he learns that because if he learns that, he's going to have a better life. That's what makes us care about a character. Now, there's that that inverse, you know, where you have the anti-hero who um, hates everybody and And
2: and never learns anything, and
0: never learns anything, and you hate everybody, and that's why you like him. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, you're going to have to go study with somebody else because I don't.
4: I'm
7: I'm a Hollywood guy. (laughs) Yeah. Do that help? Yes. Okay.
4: Hey,
2: Good evening. Everyone is
4: Candrel. Hey, it's Candrel. Good Candle. evening, it
2: sheathers. It, right. it wouldn't be an unsheathed podcast without a Candrel ah, question. Well, I yeah. am your,
7: uh, your, your fantasy philatist. Wow. Fantasy phyllatist. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that, no, let me see if I can get my name right. I am Candrel. <laughs>
4: Candrel. Yes, are you like the brother of jor uncle of kal Now, I, I, I
7: do have a question for you guys, actually, here. Uh, if personal experience shapes the way that an author writes and the way that they compose their stories, how has hosting this podcast changed the way that you guys write? And to include the, uh, the guest here, uh, for Dick, uh, how has... Teaching you muppets can call me Richard. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I set that up a long time ago, right? You were yes. waiting for the payoff. You were waiting. What's the fucking punchline here? Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, how has teaching Muppets like these guys changed the uh, the way that you view stories that are put in front of you? It changed the way that you actually edit the things that uh, that that come to you? So
0: you, you got the first question. How has this uh, changed the way you... Uh
4: you know, I've actually gotten a lot more feedback from listeners after doing this show than I ever did before, um, and it's actually been a really like fascinating insight into you know my reader base. I actually got a comment from a from a reader and a listener a couple of weeks ago, uh, like over the the holiday break, where he informed me he's like, "Hey, I've read a bunch of your your stories." And I'm honestly not sure if I like your writing or not. <laughs> not, not, not. It's like thank not, you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. I think, question mark. And it's like, and he said, it's like it's not because I don't think the writing is good. I just don't know if I enjoy reading your stories. And I'm like, well, at least you know why you don't like them. In that case, it's not like oh, like this is crappily written. Just oh, I don't want to read about this. And it, this got into the whole, oh, all your stories are sad, which is not true. I'm trying to stress this. I'm changing my image. And now that I'm in That's the public eye, I have a bunch an image of them down. change. Because, um, you know, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a depressing and sad and mopey
2: person. No, you're a playful otter.
4: Yeah. <laughs> otter bark. No,
2: uh... <laughs> oh, you went and did that. Yeah,
4: I did. Sorry, Dick. Um, but no, um... I think that having these more of police a piece in the back yeah. these look official like they're here to arrest us <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: no,
3: I, I, I think
4: not. I think that being part of like a show has given me more of a rapport with my fan base and having a better understanding of who's reading my stuff gives me a better example of what sort of things they want to see and how I can better reach them and I think that you know it's only been a positive thing
2: for me Um. Well, my, my first off-the-cuff answer to that was uh, I have about two hours a week less to write, <laughs> um, but that's not completely fair. It's true, but it's not completely fair. I was just going to squander those two hours anyway. Um, not going to make a comment about Star Wars. Um, so, Aww. the uh, no, the truth is that uh, the questions that we get in from the listeners are... Varied and interesting enough that they make me think about and return to a lot of the fundamentals of writing on a regular basis. And in the projects that I'm working on, I will often sort of catch myself and say, someone writes in a question about, um, you know, not the time travel, masturbation questions, but the, uh, <laughs> um, but more the how do you structure a narrative from you know tight third person as opposed to first person? And I'll think a lot about that, and we'll have a discussion on the show about oh these are the tricks you can do with tight third person. And I'm thinking I'm writing a tight third person story. Why am I not using those tricks? And then um, and then uh, you know I can apply that in the the writing that I do. So it's been uh, one of the one of the things that I've learned over the years is if you really want to understand something well, try teaching it to somebody else. Because you can read the books and you know absorb the lessons, but until you have to understand it well enough to be able to convey that concept to somebody else, you don't understand it as well as you could. And so having the show where people ask us about writing and force us to think about a lot of these issues has been uh, really helpful to me in that regard. So thank all of you who send in questions and continue to do so gmail.com.
4: <laughs> I, I will also say real quick before I pass this over uh, the other thing about getting all these questions from our, our listeners and the people who read our stuff is I've realized that Kyle and I are never going to run out of stuff to talk about when it comes to writing oh good lord yeah. no. I mean, it's when, just
2: when we first started this we were like yeah let's sit down for a month and maybe every weekend we'll talk about writing and then we'll be done yeah <laughs> and well that's, that's writing <laughs> Yeah, and there that, you was, go. that was that was what, a year and a half ago? Yeah. Something Just like about, that. Just about actually.
4: Wow. Uh grey muzzle alert. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, of course it is. You're over thirty. <laughs>
4: Yeah. Thanks, MFF. <laughs> we're, st- we're still not letting that one go. For those of you who don't know, like if you're here and you're not a regular listener, Midwest Fur Fest had on their programming panel, it was the Gray Muzzle meet and greet. And the description is like, for you furs over 30. And I'm like, oh. what?
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> like, I know I'm gay, but my life doesn't end at 30. <laughs>
2: So I think, I I think thirty the is the new twenty-two. The interesting thing there is that we didn't explain that. Oh, gray muzzle is our term for older people, but you—it's actually a good one. I
0: got it right away. You yeah.
2: got it right away. Yeah. You see what we did there? Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh, so your half of the question.
0: I'm not sure what the question is. I'm how so, has your I'm so right been changed no, by, uh
2: How has your writing been changed by teaching other people?
0: Oh, God. So uh, first, though, before I do that, I just want to thank you for asking questions. Thank you for, for participating in this, because this is really a gas, and thank all of you guys for being here, because I'm a prick, and I like to make fun of people and, and, um, and humiliate them in public, and so... I'm used um, to it by now. I'm going to say, <laughs> for, fortunately, and you're, the best, and you're the best ones to aim at, so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but but you know just in a moment of like uncharacteristic generosity I thought I'd thank you for being here. So um uh I- So, when I left Hollywood, I don't want to go into the whole story. Do I have to go into the whole story?
2: Uh, So, I had a. um, But now you've made him curious. Yeah, I
0: have made him curious. If you want to hear the whole
2: story, stick around after the podcast. What is happening and what's
0: going to happen and what happened? That's the other question, you know, that you're you're making your audience ask is what happened? What happened that makes these characters do these things now that he needs to, like, go get that thing to fix? What is he trying to fix? That's the ghost in the story. And the ghost, in the story is whatever event happened before the story that we're watching, before that took place, that is still haunting the main character. And hopefully... If you've studied writing at all, what your story is about is your main character working out what happened in the past and uh, facing those fears. So that's actually the answer to your question, which is when I left Hollywood, I left because I had a a personal tragedy and my life blew up and – um, so, in Hollywood, you, they will forgive you for being a drug addict. we know that um, or for there 's all kinds of crimes they forgive you for uh, what they don 't forgive you for is desperation and I was desperate, and because of that, uh, <laughs> everyone stopped returning my calls because they don 't want you to get any on them you know and well, because everybody 's desperate <laughs> oh, yeah. everybody 's desperate every day you show up you 're like, this might be the last day I work in Hollywood you know so okay. So when I left Hollywood, I, was, um, I, I, had, I, I, I had the feeling that um, uh, all those years were for naught and that I really didn't learn anything and I didn't know anything, and I certainly didn't know anything that I'd learned there that would be of any use in the civilian world. and. <clears throat> Teaching this class what I found out teaching this class was that I, I did knew, know something, you know And I knew something really well And um, as I was putting together my first class and I'm blowing my mind, right because I'm like, uh oh These people are paying money and I they're expecting somebody who knows something And I kept saying to my wife because I'm putting this class together I'm putting these principles of writing together and I kept saying but doesn't everybody know this, you know? No, <laughs> you know? no. Said, no, I don't know this. I forgot that I'd ruined, I'd already ruined watching movies and TV for her. But the way, the way I ruined it for her was, you know, it'd be a TV show, and I'd go, oh, wow, that's the Paramount lot. That's right down from where my office was.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was watching. I thought it was Hawaii, you know? And, and, I'm sorry. Oh, you fool! I'm sorry. Um, So you know what it did for me? Teaching it just it um, it restored uh, who I was, you know, and who I wanted to be. There's this great line, and there's a lot of great lines in The Great Gatsby. uh, But um, and if you haven't read that book, um, maybe you will now. I don't know. uh, Nick Carraway um, has a number of places where he describes Daisy's voice, and um, the payoff ultimately is when Gatsby he's, he's he's talking to Gatsby about Daisy's voice, and he says her voice it's so so full of, it's so full of and Gatsby says money so which is like the theme of the whole story. But before that, the time before that when he mentions his voice, her voice, he says she. The, the way she talks to you it's like she sees the she sees the person in you that you always hope to be you know and most of us i don't know what your experience going through every day is mine is predominantly an experience of failure because i can't get the drivers on the road to do what i want them to do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and i, I get to work that. and that bitch and um <laughs> you know and you know it's like And today was a great example of that. It's like the Internet wasn't working, and I called, and Comcast wasn't answering. And it's like, you know, it's just failure upon failure. And my mother-in-law's been at our house since December 4th, and I'm really happy to be here. Thank you very much. (laughs) um, You know? And... um, it's just an extra person in the house. She's lovely, and I, I, and I really do love her. But um, it's that extra... So, 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 so that all that failure and all that failure, and then you add, like, you know, as you grow, you know, things happen in life, and then personal tragedy, and then this, like, that career went away, and then... Oh, God, and, animal people. <laughs> <laughs> and I stopped taking acid when I was 17. <laughs> Um, sorry for the flashback Yeah, and here I am So uh, I'm sorry for, I don't know if that makes any sense what, but, but it's exactly what he said It's if you want to find out what you know Try to teach somebody else, try to explain it to somebody else And what I found out is what I, what I found out again is How much I love writing How passionate I am about it How passionate I am about good writing And how passionate I am about um, Handing that key over to other people
7: so that's what I got. Okay. Thanks for the 69 cool. episodes so far, guys. Looking forward to more.
2: Thank you. We're looking forward to many more questions. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Power.
8: <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually do a lot of screenwriting, and um, like a lot of people at this uh, particular kind of convention, I'm also an artist. And um, I've done a lot of reading. Um, Who have uh, you read? Uh, n- Are <laughs> you talk about um, like screenwriting books and, and so Sure. On. Uh, quite a lot. I, I can't think of off the top of my head right now, but. Um, that's the, a the deficit basic...
0: right there. You need to know who you've read and what they said. Okay, really? go ahead. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. I, I call it, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, natural born teachers. You know, where I, I just can't help it. You know, anybody, you know, you educate people against their will, you know, that's a natural born teacher. So I apologize. Go ahead.
8: That's all right. Um, the general consensus from what I've read um, is that it's sort of inappropriate in a submission process to enclose any type of um, Absolutely. concept art. Or don't put any art. Like That's that.
0: loser, man. As soon as I see right. art, it's like, oh, there's a loser. <laughs> you know, good. Oh, thanks for sending the art. Now I know your script sucks and I don't have to uh, spend any time on it.
8: So I'm just curious uh, from, from your perspective why that might be the case or in what scenarios it might be Because if you're
0: spending time on the art, then you're not spending time on the structure of your script. And the first problem everybody in Hollywood has with a script is probably the story. You know, the it's either, you know, derivative or repetitive or just not there. And the second problem, if there is a story, is the structure. So if, you, if you're spending time on the art, then we, I know where your mind has been. Your mind is in that picture, these pictures, but pictures aren't structure. So it's a, it's a really demanding form, mm-hmm. screen, screenwriting. And, it, and um, um, so... Uh, here, uh, just for me, when I write down to write a screenplay, I'm, not, I'm writing it for somebody who's bought a ticket, and they're sitting in a, in a theater, and here it is, right, it's 60 feet tall, and by the way, it's me <laughs> in it, and um, um, that's not who you're writing for, you're writing for me when I was having a bad day, you know, when I hated being a script reader, when I hated being a development guy, when I had to read one more fucking script, you know, and, um, and you got to overcome all of that to make, so what that means is that your structure has to be right, your form has to be right, and if you have any art on it at all, you know, it, it's almost, it doesn't even matter why, it's just that uh, all you have to know is don't put your art on there. I have a long story about that. Would you like
2: it? <laughs> okay. Probably, probably, probably for afterwards, yeah. You can do it afterwards. Okay, thank you very
1: much. Does that help? Yes, it
5: does. Oh, good. Hello, I'm Shasta the Otter, and I'm I'm kind of glad that it, that you're actually like a movie person because I love movies. I didn't really like expect you to. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's okay. um, so, so when you did, introduce your species, Do yeah.
0: they get together. What's uh, happening? Sometimes.
5: Sometimes. Okay.
0: <laughs> well, I'm just trying to hook you guys up. I did you know, if you're I lucky. Did. did you see what I did there? Okay. Oh, <laughs>
4: but, <laughs> So, so, I'm sorry, I'm that's sorry. Fine, that's, that's fine, that's fine. Notice I mean, how my status has fallen, by the way.
5: <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, uh, I mean, even though you're technically the movie guy, this will go to all three of you, I suppose. Um, like, what are, like, this year... I mean, you've talked about, you know, references to Titanic and Star Wars and stuff like that, but, like, from this year, what are a few of your favorite movies? And not just, like, oh, well, they made a movie about Facebook that didn't suck, or, like, oh, How to Train Your Dragon was so cute, but, like, the movies you li- Like, a movie you liked this year, what, like, worked for it? What did they do well that made you like that movie?
2: Mm. All right. I actually was oh. thinking about this earlier. Yeah, I, I have an answer to start with, too, so good. My, go, go. my
4: My two favorite... Like movie, like if thinking from a screenplay perspective, from the year, my two favorite movies are probably Scott Pilgrim and Easy A, and for very similar reasons, is you have you know very succinctly and you know, succinctly and well-defined characters that sort of like come at you like right from moment one, you know, there's very little meandering. They tell the story that they need to tell very neatly and very engagingly and really with movies nowadays like that's not something you can always take for granted Um, a lot of times like he was talking about Kubrick earlier where it's like oh like we're gonna do this with like the lighting and like the lenses and all that and like a lot of filmmakers like to think of themselves as more like you know artistic. Then you, know, you know, I want to sit down because I want to see a good movie. I don't necessarily, like, you know, the only people who care about your camera work are the other camera people in the audience. A lot of the time, not all the time. I mean, if you're using like super, like if if you can change the medium, then it, by all means, go ahead. It doesn't
2: but, replace story.
4: Exactly, yeah. it doesn't replace story. Okay. I think that you know those stories right there, were, you know, were. You know they were elegant and they hit you know the mark of, of you know exactly what I wanted. When I finished what I've actually seen both of those movies multiple times and yeah. you know rewatching them, I'm just like yeah, like that was exactly as solid as I thought it was my first time through, if
2: not more so. Yeah, and of um, course
5: EZA had the you know the guy in the woodchuck outfit. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes it did.
2: Um, I'll I'll confess that we've not quite gotten around to seeing the crop of. Oscar candidate movies this year, so yeah. well, I cannot comment just I cannot that, comment so. on True Grit, which is supposed to be great. I cannot comment on The Social Network, which is supposed to be really good. Um, what's the other one that everyone was telling us was really good? It's Black Swan. Black Swan. Well, showing right I have not there, seen yet, which is supposed to be really good. If you're into lesbian
5: so, sex, well, hey.
2: The, um, I'm not going to comment on yeah, that it's, either. It's
5: better, than <laughs> the, um, it's better than that, but hey.
2: It is, it is funny. We, we're just talking at dinner about how a lot of lesbians are into gay porn, but really not so much the other way around. Yeah. Um, the movie that we did see this year... That was um, a good dinner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the movie that, that Kit and I saw this year that we liked the best, that we thought was the best structured and best put together was Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And it's because it told a very familiar story It's a story that you know the beats of. They put enough variations on it and a creative enough story with the right kind of humor, with great characters, snappy writing. Um, And then, you know, the the effects and the conceit of the movie just added to all of that. It was, I mean, the story itself was very basic and they even spell it out right for you right at the end. But that doesn't make it any less effective. Yo, Jane.
0: I haven't seen a movie since 1988. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually haven't seen a movie this year in the theaters. I don't think. Um, okay. I, I have to say that we, you know after you've read like forty thousand scripts and seen yeah. a billion movies, it's a, you kind of you know the first thirty thousand were really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I did see a movie on Netflix uh, recently called "Risk Cutters, A Love Story. Does anybody know that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's one I really liked. So I make a distinction between pre and post MTV because MTV, like, fucked up all of you guys' minds. I'm sorry to tell you, there's a whole bunch of great movies that you'll hate. You're never going to like because you have these nice, long, luxurious thoughts where you get to just sit and project into the movie. Except... Your minds have nothing in them because you're used to CSI where it goes, it's the pen, right? And there's no new information, it's just all these cuts, right? It's just and then when you see a movie that doesn't have that, you're like, wow, that's boring. Except those are the great movies to me. So, um, um, you still have to have a good story, anyway. I saw Risk Cutters, which is uh, which is uh, I recommend to people. It's got all the it's got all the plot points. It's this uh, sort of negative of the world because it's about people who kill themselves, and it's a love story. And I don't want to give it away. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I almost did. I almost okay. did. Um, but, so that's what I got. I don't know.
2: Okay. Help. It's try in- to It's an indie movie. Okay. We're going to we're going to try to accommodate all the questions that are left here but we are running a little bit over long on the episode so we'll try know, to keep our yet. and that's we, my fault we can go we can I go back to our mind. our lightning round mentality here yeah. Yeah.
8: lightning round ready go <laughs> ah hi i'm Tarin. i'm a wolger um
2: actually, wow you just opened up a <laughs> whole other t- you are you are not you are not gonna get away with
8: well, quite simple. quite simply i'm half wolf half tiger so I'll leave it at that. This question Wal- is Wal- is
0: vulgar. Wal- thank uh,
8: you. I, I, I'll direct this question a little bit more at Kyle. Um, I've read a, a lot. Um, my dad instilled at me in me instilled in me at a young age a desire, a love of reading. Um, it started out with simple stuff and gradually grew more complicated. Um, in all the books I've read, though. Um, one book you wrote really, really hit home with the scene that you wrote about someone learning about a death that mm-hmm. had a very close death to them. Um, I'm wondering, really honestly, where you drew that from and like how you transcribed that into writing and how you made it fit into a story about them learning something about themselves. <sighs> First of all, congratulations on how you phrase that question without giving
4: anything
2: away.
8: <laughs> I, yes. I was very careful about that, because yeah. I don't want to give anybody anything away to anybody who hasn't read right. any of his stories yet,
2: because and, and, and also, amazing. congratulations on coming up with a question that completely defeats the concept of lightning round, because I'm...
8: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm
8: sorry, I've been
2: thinking there about this question no ever since I walked in this room There is no I will be fairly quick about it, and just say that... Um, Everything that you write about is drawn from some personal experience, whether it's something that happened to you or something that you read. And a good way to project onto something that has not happened to you is to take something that has and exaggerate it Mm -hmm. and combine that with things that you've read or other experiences. Um, Random weird fact, uh, one of the 10 movies that I'm fairly sure everybody in this room has seen is The Lion King. Um, Definitely. You you may or may not remember the name of the actor who portrays young Simba. Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor yeah. Thomas. Yes. JTT, y'all. Um, he was in the scene in a scene in which something similar happens to young Simba for all of you who the two of you out there in the audience who have not seen it. Um, he was he was trying to get out the tone of fear in his scream and he said he couldn't do it because i i I don't know single parent or something he was much closer to his mother than to his father and so they're like well to get this tone imagine your father being killed and he was like "Ah, you know i don't have that connection they're like okay so they shifted it they said imagine your mother being killed and that got to him and that's where he pulls this scream out and he said it you know and then it made him cry afterwards because he's ten and you know they're, right. imagine your mother right. being killed for profit
8: Right.
4: Um, <laughs> no one so, can think of is you made baby Simba cry yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like the baby so, Jesus for furries <laughs> so I mean you take um, you want the character to learn something about themselves and what that says is you make choices and sometimes those choices turn out badly and For most of us, when we make a choice that turns out badly, um, we get to the movie theater ten minutes late. If we're really unlucky, we get to the movie theater two hours late with a traffic ticket or a dented fender. But when you're writing a book, when you're writing a story, you need to exaggerate things. And so you say, okay, what's the worst thing that could possibly happen to them? And then when you go back and you're editing the revision, you say, how can I make that worse? Because That's where they learn – that's one way that they learn that they made the wrong choice or that they need to change what they're doing. I mean, that's
8: certainly a wonderful impact. and I can see exactly how you came to that now, and it's very effective.
4: Well, thank you. See, how come when I do that, people make fun of me? So
1: many answers. That's
0: not, that's not a lightning round. question. <laughs> I, I know that's, yeah,
1: not, that's not a that's lightning not a round really question, right question either. Yeah. Next. <laughs> um, hi, I'm DJ. Um, well, my question you is have probably to say your species now because oh, everyone's sorry. been doing it. I'm a corgi. Um, See, the, uh, and this introduces the whole. <laughs> I, I think
0: I, I think we're related. Uh, right.
2: <laughs> Technically, you're the same genus. Okay.
1: Um anyway, so my question is more toward uh the guest. Um Dick, you can call yeah, me. Dick. Yeah, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Dick, um <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Um. Sorry. Uh. So my question is 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 about character development. Um. I'm used to reading a lot of books where you have a couple hundred pages to develop the main character's uh backstory and uh, uh reason for his actions and things and, and things such as that. But in movies, you have a fraction of the lines and. Uh, the visu- the visuals to portray that and um, my question is simply how do you do that in such a minute amount of like so there's not that much real
0: estate in a movie script that's what you're we talking about and there's a lot more in a uh, in a well, novel there's as much as you want in a novel basically so <clears throat> Uh, One of the things I liked about teaching (laughs) the class was that that's a a question that nobody answers in their screenwriting books. Mm -hmm. You know all those screenwriting books that say how to write movies that sell and how to write movies that are character-driven? They all should be titled... How I write a movie. That's what they should, everyone should name their movie book because um, that's what they can tell you. And it's really hard to find someone who can, like, get above that and sort of talk about it in a g- generic way about what it is. So what is – here's what character development is to me. It's um, you take a character. You let me know what it is he believes – you let him know what it is he believes. You challenge those beliefs, then you, um, then you allow him to make a different choice of what to believe. So that's like really deep structure. Mm-hmm. That's like on the on the surface. What the the um, the effect of that is? What choice does he make? So uh, we were talking about the apartment earlier, and um, it's, you know, it's, uh, in the movies, it's got to be really simple. We, you know, we had, another, we had another movie where, I don't know, some, someone was on an aircraft carrier, and the, the explanation for, you know, the MacGuffin was something like, I don't know, it was like a six-page explanation. And the studio said, you've got to tell me what the stakes are in one line. And, you know, in one line, the audience has to know what's at stake and what's the worst that can happen. <laughs> Did I mention writing's hard? Yeah. So um <laughs> so when we're talking about character development you know one thing that's really helpful is the use of a symbol a symbol and if you're looking at the the movie the apartment the symbol is the key which is an obvious symbol already it's the key to his having a better life and every time we see the key there's a key to his apartment and every time we see that key the plot moves forward a little bit and the plot in this case being he moves up within the corporate structure and then finally he gets to a point where that that key is the issue of whether or not he gets to keep his job and he hands over the key and you go no don't give the bad guy fred mcmurray the key we hate him and we hate what he did in that apartment and then jack lemon walks out and fred mcmurray says hey wait this isn't the key to your apartment this is the key to the executive washroom Which means he's given up his job and he's keeping the key to his apartment and he's keeping his integrity. So what you have to find in a movie is that symbol that when he takes the action using that symbol, which you've established. So there's general sort of cultural symbols and then there's symbols that you define within a story what it means within that story so you take one of those symbols and you and and the simpler the better because you know it's easier because um, we don't have that much space you know we're not we're not writing atlas shrugged here um so um so does that we help
1: yes no that helps it, a lot it,
0: it's all about the action that the the main character takes okay and it's the action that tells us the audience not only that he's made the right choice but that his life is going to be better and it's going to continue to be
4: better
1: okay thank you very much mm-hmm.
4: also i just want to point out that uh the apartment is one of these pre-mtv movies that i yeah, think it's like, really everyone's it's a, no it's a, it it's is a fantastic also awesome movie. Movie. it's a really good movie
2: um and With, Shirley
0: mclean is so cute she's adorable we have time
2: we have time for the two people who are currently up there and uh I'm Vesper, I'm a tiger, and um I am a painter, I don't I don't write, but I've read a, a bit and in my painting, you know, there's why do on the surface visually what you immediately see and then I always try and have some type of deeper meaning or you know, trying to express something. And with books that's also, the case, but how do you do that without hitting the readers over the head with, you know, the point that you're trying to get across?
7: <laughs> you have
0: to hit them over the head. What are we talking about? <laughs> well,
2: like, <laughs> you have to hit them over the head more in movies than in novels. Yeah, but, because in movies they can't page back 50 pages to see what happened in the first chapter.
4: Yeah, when it comes when it comes to writing, it's admittedly an advanced technique to really do it well. It's definitely not something that if you're just starting out writing, you should try to like immediately be a master of. I think you should like first focus on being able to tell a good story before you start trying things like I'm going to tell a story with like this as like sort of a double meaning.
2: Would you? Would you? Well, say? I mean, I think it it kind of goes back to the answer to the last question where you're talking about the characters and the actions that they take, and when I'm writing a story. What I'm keeping in mind with the characters, overall, over and above everything else, is in this story, the character has to learn to, you know, He's he's been taught to question his instincts. He needs to learn to trust his instincts. And at every point in the plot where he has to make a decision, you have to figure out what stage is he at. At the first stage, he might think, oh, I kinda wanna do this, but then he does something else for, that reason uh-huh. but you never say oh you know i think i want to handle it this way but in the past my decisions have led to questionable results so i think i will take the safe route that is recommended by this other person in this case you just make the decision according to what the character learns and is And as they go through the book you think oh this just happened to him uh he followed someone else's advice and the thing that he wanted to do would have turned out better. So now this next time, he's going to be doubting himself less, and eventually you get to the end of the book where he's confident enough to make his own choices, but you just watch the progression. But you have in the back of your mind that this is what, this is what he's learned, and this is what his path is, and even though you never say it out loud, if you're doing it right, it comes across through that series of actions and choices. Okay. Thank you.
9: Hi, I'm Scribbles. I think the whole panel has kind of, or we've already established that I'm the Weekend Fairy, so. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, you have the question, last question,
2: so it had better be awesome.
9: Yeah, this question <laughs> don't, is don't for fuck up, Dick, <laughs> or the Dick, you know, whatever you want to say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: luckily, I am <laughs> hearing his bad what
9: <laughs> Does he get one of these? I think he does. <laughs> I just recently graduated from film school, and my focus was Which on. Which film school? Uh, it was in Colorado. Which film school? The Colorado Film School. That's okay. what it was called. Um, <laughs> do, do, do they have electricity in Colorado? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry, Scribbles. I'm so sorry. Um, God, and it of feels course, so horrible. You know,
9: obviously, my focus was on writing and directing, yeah. and a lot of the scripts I've read were just absolutely terrible. And it's like, Why? you know. I've, Why? I don't need to tell you. No, you, know you tell already. me. Tell
0: me what did, what was terrible to you about them? Because Why?
9: there was no character development. No Nothing character. happened in the story. Okay, and it's just like these. You know, obviously, these writers they get stuck up in their story. They think they think it's so great, and then but it sucks, and they can't see that. And I've just wondered if um, like if you've had any students that have actually been exceptional in that you know in that regard and haven't so here's had the deal. Shitty scripts.
0: Writers write. And most of my students don't, and that's what, why they're my students, because they think that if they take my class, they'll be sparked into writing, you know. I, I don't know who you guys are. I'm one of them, those who don't, you know. <laughs> I, I'm a much better teacher, and I'm much better with your script than I am with my own. But, uh, you know, but I have mine and stuff. But um, um, so uh, um, most people don't have the masochism that it takes to sit in front of a blank page day after day and just beat your head against it. Um, One of the reasons why most scripts suck... Is because there's two, we have two languages going on. One is English or whatever language you're writing in. It's words, the language of words. And the other is the language of film. And you've been to film school, so you know what I'm talking about, especially mm-hmm. you did some directing classes. Yeah. And that's where you start learning what the language of film is. And the language is a visual language that we're not trained in. Most people aren't trained in it. And um, so one of the reasons why most scripts suck is because they, they don't have to speak that language. They think, most people think that movies are all about people talking and movies are mostly about people not talking. In fact, the, the, the most important moment in most movies is a visual, not a, not a verbal. So, um, what was the question? Help me. Um, have you ever read any
9: scripts that like you actually, that stood out to you? Yes. You actually liked that were written by students.
0: Um, they were written by students, well, if they were really that good, they wouldn 't have been my student oh. no no, I mean i no, what I mean by that is they came to learn how to do it you know uh, um, and the people who already knew how to do it and who were that good were you know selling their scripts in somewhere
2: um, why don 't you but but i what no, I was just going to say you. You said you read exceptional scripts. When, do you have here's, a story about what, one? That- here's
0: what I here's here's what I see when I read things by students. And uh, two of them are sitting here, writers. I don't know when did you take that class? Oh,
4: about like eighteen twenty? No, yeah. yeah, around then.
0: Yeah, so it was three or four years ago. And what I remember about him is he's a good writer. That's why I have no idea what he wrote me, and that's what I knew about him too you know, is that there's this sensibility about the writing. <laughs>
8: I'm sorry.
0: I'm just thinking about you. Remember that lady?
2: Um, oh, the uh, the Beirut lady? Yeah, who? the Beirut lady. Oh, her. Yeah, whatever. Okay, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> so there's people who have it and there's people who don't, you know. And well, Harlan, she just didn't Harlan under- Ellison was one of them. Anybody Harlan Ellison here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I hate Harlan I think, Ellison. I think she also yep. just
2: didn't have a sensibility about how the class was supposed to work, too.
0: No, well, she didn't have any sensibility. She was all about her. Yeah. Right? Right. she wanted an audience. And um, have I read extraordinary writers? So then, there's uh, so then there's two other sort of answers to that. One is there's the people who are extraordinary line by line writers. You know, these are Twitter writers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and good thing Twitter got invented so that they have some place to go write that. You know, that one sentence that's brilliant. And um, there's a guy at work who does that, and he keeps wanting me to read his little Twitter sentence. You know, I finally wrote back to him. I said, When are you going to put a bunch of these together and give me a story? You know, give me an actual story. Um, So there's brilliant line by line writers. But if you look at Robert Ludlum, anybody know who Robert Ludlum is? Mm-hmm. You know the Born Identity and all those things. It, line by line, he's dreadful. He's awful. But these plots that he comes up with are really, really like deep and fascinating. And also he well, anyway, um, <laughs> he's got a bunch of he's got a mill of people who kind of he sketches out. I don't know if he's, he's still even writing or not. But when I was in New York and reading for the working for the publishers, that's what he did. he he'd, he'd sketch out a plot and then these other people would sort of fill in the blanks and then the editor would come in and try to make it a cohesive thing um, there's good writers out there what they really need what, what a good screenwriter needs is a director who can take their vision into uh, uh, the visual language that writers don't necessarily know that would be you right mm-hmm. are you a director
9: yeah well, no. Yes. No, no,
0: no, 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 no. Stop right there. Yeah, yeah. Yes is the right answer. Yes. Just say it. I want you to no, hear it. Yes. I want to hear it though. Yeah, I'm a director. God damn it. Go ahead. Say that.
9: Yes, I'm a director. God damn it. God damn
2: it. I, you know what? Thank you. I had, I, had, I had forgotten that. that one of the things you made us do in the class is stand up and say, I am a writer. Yes, I did. Yes. I
0: treated my class like a 12-step meeting. Yes. So every time you raised your hand, you had to say, you know... I'm Kyle, and I'm a writer. Except
2: there was, uh, <laughs> except there was no forgiveness step. Yeah, uh, no, no, no. no, uh, <laughs> no man. I don't step. know where that came yeah, from. I don't either. <laughs> um, we are probably out of time. <laughs> Kit is over here giving me it's, the frantic hand like, waving. Please stop. Get the get I off edit this. right now sign. Stop um,
0: recording this two hours ago.
2: I I want to um, point out the lovely artwork that we have up here on the table by the talented artist Rariki, R-A-R-A-K-I-E, on Fur Affinity, who made us these badges that we are sporting. Uh, she's beautiful. Go look at our FA page. I mean, her art's beautiful. I don't know what she looks like. Um, I want to thank all of you guys for showing up here once again. Um, yeah. we, we hit
4: standing room only
2: tonight. We always enjoy doing these live shows and the fact that we get these audiences with amazing questions and the crowd energy and everything just keeps us going and makes us want to do more of them. Um, we want to thank the folks that helped set up. Uh, Fradas the Fox over here, who is a frequent writer to the show and was the Shasta Cola consumer, I believe. Of, um, stand up and do it in there. Quick shout out.
8: Hi, this
1: is Fradas.
8: I want to say that I enjoy listening to Unsheet and everyone who's listened to the show, keep writing in.
0: Yay. Yay.
2: And, uh. Especially you, Candrel. <laughs> yes, and, um, Jayot, Jericho, wherever he is. Is he still here? Yep. Oh, there he is. He's back there. He's hiding. Who was, um, instrumental in helping our tech wolf get set up. Um, many, many thanks to our guest, Dick Power, the Coyote. <laughs> Welcome Very to nice. your first furry experience. Thank you.
0: Yeah, this was this was a great experience. Thank he's, you, guys. He's
2: no longer a furry virgin. Nah. <laughs> um. Remind us all just how insane we really are. Yes. Um, we really appreciate you coming in and telling us wonderful stories for this. Uh, thanks for, for having this me. Event. This was fun. Um, many many thanks, of course, as always to Kit, who set all this up. Yeah, Kit booked it with the convention, booked our guests, brought all the equipment, brought cupcakes, um, and continues to be the wolf behind the scenes who makes everything happen.
4: Well, yeah, without him, we'd just be a couple of schmucks talking in the laptops with really bad audio, like back in episodes one, two, and three. Yeah,
2: go listen to episode, <laughs> go listen to episode two if you want to know what our podcast would sound like without Kit's help. Um, we're going to take that down soon, right? <laughs> I think it's already down. Is it, is it already? Yeah, or? I think it's been
4: archived. Has it been archived off yet?
2: No, they haven't been Was archived off yet. Was it supposed to have been archived off yet? No. Do, you know um, do, we have, um, do we have the audio DVDs for sale here? We do not. Um. Okay. But you can buy them at future conventions. They have cool stuff like old episodes and us reading stories of ours and uh, other... The Lost and, Episode of
4: Anthropodcast.
2: The Lost Episode of Anthropodcast <laughs> by, with, with Flane Falcon, who's in the audience right now.
7: I might
2: be present. He, is, he, he, and, uh, he and I are both mourning the Atlanta Falcons loss for different reasons. Um, <laughs> me, me because it screws up my Super Bowl picks from the live show we did in September October October. And uh, Flain because he actually roots for them. So. <laughs>
4: oh, God. I've, I've, uh, actually, I feel like a schmuck for that, too. Because for the last two weeks, I'm like, dude, the Falcons are on fire. They're on fire. No one's going to stop the Falcons. And they just got... Crushed. I was like, "Okay, I guess the Only Falcons can be stopped." Patriot fan. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to kick the Jets' ass tomorrow. <laughs> it's going to happen. Tune in one one p.m. PST.
2: That's that's very uh, Japanese hubris of you there. I think that's Greek hubris, really. Well, maybe in the classical sense. Um, you guys can find us as uh, Unsheet on FA on um, uh, what else I, I did I thanked them already I thanked them like three times four Kit Kit says we have to thank you guys again because we know that the you had to sit in these chairs for an hour and a half and uh, there are so many more interesting things you could be doing at this convention than listening to us sit here but um, we appreciate your presence uh, right into the show and and uh, Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want us to answer. And most importantly, whatever you do, just keep writing.